Welcome to 5-Minute Finance, a podcast that explores topics that are impacting your money. Join us as we discuss what is moving the economy, markets, stocks, and personal finance. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Before acting on any financial advice, you should consult a financial professional who can review your specific financial situation. Any opinions expressed by the hosts or guests are their own and do not reflect the opinion of LVM Capital Management. Clients or employees of LVM Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in the podcast. Welcome to 5-Minute Finance. Tyler and Jordan back after a... Been a little bit. That's right. Uh, But anyways, we're just going to do a quick overview of the markets over the past uh, year or so. Uh, Take a look at the fixed income markets, equity markets. But really, over the last three or four months, we've had a nice rally in the stock market. A lot of that driven by expectations of potential uh, future rate cuts by the Federal Reserve as we've seen inflation come down. So let's let's kind of start with inflation and rates. And we have a yield curve chart here that looks at rates one year ago versus today. And Jordan, kind of what is, what is that telling us right now for the fixed income market? Well, it, it's telling us that, well, at least coming into the year, everyone was pretty confident that the Fed was going to start cutting rates, not... Uh, dissimilar to everyone thinking there was going to be a recession in 2023. But the data has come in stronger than expected. Data being, as you are saying, inflation has come down, but still remains above the Fed's target. And the employment picture has remained pretty strong, actually. So there's been a bit of uh, repricing in the fixed income market, meaning yields move around a bit. The long end of the yield curves, those would be 10-year bonds and 30-year bonds have generally gone up. And the short end of the yield curve, and this would be you know one month, six month, and kind of one year bills, um, have basically remained pegged to the federal funds rate, and that's what you know, the Federal Reserve can cut and kind of control uh, the curve a little bit. So yeah, so just kind of briefly on that yield curve portion, you said that the longer end tens and thirties have gone up. That what does that do to the fixed income pricing? So yeah, all else equal, yields up, bond prices down. And I think you know year to date, the long bonds. So this is the thirty year bond is down a couple of percentage points, um, but you can still make you know decent money at the short end of the the curve there if you're rolling over you know short term bills, you know little over five percent. That's that's not bad. Yeah. All right. So with obviously you mentioned pricing coming down a little bit in terms of fixed income. It's been a tough few years for returns and fixed income. But the eventuality of a Fed rate cut, uh, can you talk a little bit about the what the market is pricing in right now for, for cuts this year? Yeah, so the Fed meets, uh, what do we have here? Seven, I think seven more meetings on the year, and they come out and say, hey, we want to adjust the policy rate up and down. And this is that short-term rate, the federal funds rate that we're talking about. Originally, you know, back in, seems like forever, but December and January, uh, the market was expecting six to seven cuts, rate cuts per year. That continues to be pushed back. Um, originally, everyone thought March, you know, there's definitely going to be a rate cut. And now that's looking that like it might be pushed to the May meeting. Yep. So that's on the pricing wise, there's about 78% chance the market is predicting the rates to stay the same Correct. in March. Whereas before this most recent meeting in January, that was um, uh, much a higher percentage Correct. chance that they cut in March. Correct. So yeah, we're at five and a quarter to five and a half percent right now. And the, the market is expecting by May, that'll be down to 5% to maybe five and a quarter, potentially finishing the year in the, 
what mid to low four percent range if all the cuts go as planned. Yeah, I think the current price is about a hundred basis points roughly of of cuts yep. uh, for the Fed. So right around that four and a quarter to four and a half by the end of the year is what the market's expecting. Correct. And then in terms of the the yield curve, normally we have a upward sloping yield curve, and what that means is shorter term rates are lower than longer term rates. We have the inversion of that right now, which means that 10-year rates are higher or longer-term rates are higher than shorter-term rates. So, Jordan, you need to talk a little bit about that in terms of... Just the opposite. Did Short, I say that? Yeah, shorter-term rates, higher than longer-term rates. Uh, yeah, the curve remains inverted. And actually, just this morning or yesterday, we broke a record for the longest inversion or the con- longest continued inversion on record. So, yeah, the the three-month bill has a higher yield than the 10-year bond. And conventional wisdom would say those should be, as you said, Tyler, reversed You know, when you're uh, taking on more risk um, and buying a bond with a longer duration. Uh, you should be compensated with a higher, higher yield, but that is not the case. Uh, a lot of this driven by you know actions by the Fed on the short end of the curve, as we talked about. Uh, the longer end of the curve, there's uh, more influence from, you know, uh, growth expectations, whether it's GDP or earnings growth, um, and then inflation expectations as well. So what's, what is that difference right now between the 10 and three, uh, 10 year and three month? About 129 basis points or 1.3 percentage points, which is a pretty decent sized inversion. Um, I think, what is it, the last 11 or the last 14 times that the yield curve is inverted, there's been 11 recessions. I believe yeah, something, something like that. It's, it's been a pretty good indicator um, where when this happens, you know, anywhere from nine to 12 months afterwards, uh, typically we've seen a recession, but the market continues to find a way. And, and maybe we can uh, flip over to the equities now to talk about maybe why, you know, with all this that's going on in the, the fixed income markets, why the market is actually making new highs probably today. Yeah. I think uh, as of today, the markets, or at least S&P 500, is right around that 5,000 level, which would be um, you know, the first time breaking that and at all, near all-time highs. And so uh, the market continues to do well as the expectations that the Fed will potentially cut this year. And uh, employment data remains strong and inflation is coming down. And those three things are really the, the big narrative uh, for the market right now. And so we've seen this nice rally over the last three or four months. And that leaves the S&P 500 right now at valuations that are above its historical norms, right? So when we're looking at the S&P 500, it's just a little over 20 times earnings. And you compare that to the last 10 years or so, the median has been about 17 times earnings. So we're a little bit above that, but some of that is due to, we do do expect some growth next year or for the next few years, really. And so when we look at a peg ratio, so price to earnings to growth, so how much you're paying for growth, um, it, it that one as well is a little bit above average, but not um, extremely stretched. So we're at 1.5 times in terms of the valuation you're paying for for every do- for every uh, percentage of growth you're getting, and that's roughly in line with its its uh, longer term averages. But when we look at some of that growth, even out for the next three years or so, so for 2024 through 2026. It's much better than what we've had in particular out of, out of the last four or five years. So right now, earnings growth for 2024 is expected to be about just over 10%, or right in that range. 
And so that gets us from about $215 a share on the S&P 500 to right around $240 a share or a little bit more. Um, and that is uh, definitely, it's, it's better than the four out of the last five years, right? So we've got 2019 and 2020 were actually negative years. We had a great year for earnings growth in 2021, a 50% earnings growth there, obviously coming off low bases, but then we had slow earnings growth this year and in 2022. So um, it's nice to see kind of the earnings growth get kind of back to uh, more historical levels in terms of growth. And that is really expected in 2025 and 2026 as well with kind of double digit earnings growth. We may not get that, but still it's, it's a positive sign and dividends continue to grow. So looking at uh, this year or past year, 2023, you got about five and a half percent dividend growth for the S and P 500. It's basically kind of hovering around that, that range for the last um, five or 10 years. But that'd be a nice return for shareholders as well. And when we're talking about the market, the S&P 500 specifically here, it's been a story of narrow leadership. Uh, we had the Magnificent Seven. Now it's kind of becoming what the Fabulous Five, I think they're calling it, right? Tesla and Google have kind of, they're still doing well, but not uh, quite as uh, uh, well as NVIDIA. Um, talk about the leadership, Tyler. Where are we seeing earnings growth where we not seeing earnings growth and how concentrated is this? Yeah. Well, when we just look at this quarter or excuse me, the fourth quarter, this was what uh, companies are reporting right now. Um, when we look at various sectors, um, there's only a few of them that are actually better than expected in terms of earnings growth. Um, one being uh, consumer discretionary that really was kind of led by uh, Amazon most recently with the, with the really Great good quarter, support. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's, there's strong growth there. I think it's something like uh, 40% earnings growth in the cons- consumer discretionary sector. So that's been very strong. Um, other sectors seen some, some nice growth communication services that's kind of been led by the Googles of the world. Disney had a good report earlier this week. Uh, Meta had a great report. So a lot of those showing some really nice earnings growth, albeit in that communication services sector, a little bit lower than expected, uh, but still very strong. Some of the uh, sectors that have kind of seen earnings declines for the fourth quarter, you've had energy, financials, healthcare, and materials. When you look at the healthcare and, uh, sector in particular, it's kind of been um, weighed down by a few specific stocks. But overall, I think there's some some better health there than what's kind of indicated just in the fourth quarter. And then the financials, uh, they had a, um, about a 15% or so decline in earnings year over year for the fourth quarter, which was much worse than expected. Uh, analysts actually expected about 10% or so earnings growth for the financials, and we actually had that decline. A lot of that really came from a few of the large banks that had some one-off charges based yeah. on um, some of the FDIC kind of... Uh, right. Um, not penalties, but um, charges to help kind of yeah, shore up capitalization. What yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it, delinquencies are starting to normalize. They're definitely higher than they were a year ago. And so banks will set aside money as provisions for loan losses. And that's going to affect the bottom line a little bit too. But I don't know if you're prepared to get your crystal ball out for the year. Uh, <laughs> you know, inflation, unemployment, GDP growth. Are you willing to, uh, to make a bet here? Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like inflation is still trending lower and I think that'll be a positive for stocks. Obviously that can change and you'll have, I'm sure there'll be volatility in that sure. number. Uh, in particular CPI, we have a nice, we have a, a CPI report coming up next 
Tuesday, Tuesday. or Thursday. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I would expect that to continue to trend lower. That's typically a good sign for stocks. I feel like there's some good earnings growth out there in the S&P 500 and, and in general that should be supportive of stocks. But how much of that is priced in, right? right. Because we've had a 20 plus percent rally in three or four months. Right. So like, most of that could be priced in. Like you said too, valuations, although they're not at nosebleed levels, they're definitely above historical averages. But some of the company's growth, I would say, support that. All right, so we'll, we'll wrap it up there a little bit longer than normal, but it's been a while. So we appreciate everybody for listening and feel free to reach out for any questions. Podcast at lvmcapital.com.